Jamie Glazov is editor of Front Page Mag. He's host of the web TV show, The Glazov Gang, and author of, among other things, United in Hate, The Left's Romance with Tyranny and Terror. He has just edited another collection of essays uh, by different contributors entitled Barack Obama's True Legacy, How He Transformed America. That is our topic today. Welcome, Dr. Glazov. You do have a PhD in history. Dr. Glazov, welcome. What an honor and pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Mark. A word in your title, transformed. President Obama himself, he liked that word, transformed, transformation, didn't he? Well, he sure did. He uh, very proudly announced that, uh, what was it? We were five days away from transforming the United States of America. And Mark, my mom and dad were dissidents in the Soviet Union, and uh, we escaped that hellhole. And I was five and a half years old when I came to the United States. And I I loved this. I loved this country from the moment I breathed its oxygen, and I love it till today. And when I heard those words, I have no idea why the United States needs to be transformed. But he did a brilliant job in the most malicious and destructive way. And the catastrophe we see today has its roots in the Obama administration. You know, J- Jamie, if I may, the yeah, that that word, that is a radical word. And yet he spoke so judiciously, his tone, right? His demeanor, he seemed academic. He seemed intellectual. He seemed thoughtful. And it's almost as if the the sort of the, the, the temper that he displayed belied the actual content of his words. But we paid attention, didn't we? And he did succeed. Things changed. 2007 seems very, very Mm. different from from today, Mm. doesn't it? Very profound, Mark. And you know, in several of our essays in in my book, in our book, uh, these brilliant experts and authors show the young Obama, the young Marxist Obama and the plans he was making. And they they show and reveal that, you know, there were some arguments with other Marxists at the time because he was a young Marxist. And Obama, even at that time, understood you don't grow long hair and start screaming and overturning tables. You put on a tie. You put on a suit. And like you said, even the way that he talked and he talks, everything is very professional and loving. And that's what they do. It's this Alinskyite strategy in order to destroy the middle class you pretend you're the middle class so it's very very clever how we did it because remember all those speeches about i don't care about the blue america or the red america i'm interested in the united states of america he was such a unifier he loved this country so much but behind that mask and behind those smiles was malice leftist malice And when we look at Joe Biden today and we see our border open and we're being flooded with hundreds of thousands of unvetted illegals, when we see the catastrophe in Afghanistan and we could go on and on, the seeds for that were planted in the man that wanted to transform the United States of America and very successfully in the most Marxist way succeeded in doing so. Let's jump into that issue a little bit, because 
the border, that is, because it's the subject of a couple of contributions in the book. How did border security change as we moved from George W. Bush's administration to Obama's administration? Uh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> we can get into the details, but in general, let's just say that everything was turned on its head. Everything became unvetted. Everything became open. A lot of regulations were softened and uh, just a catastrophe. And uh, we can talk about the border, but it's, it's, it's just common sense. Also, just to speak about, about it in a general way, but people got to get the book. But uh, basically opening the borders and not looking into who's coming in. And one, one, one way to, as an example of that, I'll just change in, uh, into another theater for a minute. In Afghanistan... Yeah. When we, when we see the catastrophe in Afghanistan with Biden, that didn't just come out of thin air. In 2009, Obama comes in, and all of a sudden, new rules of engagement come in. In 2009, American soldiers are no longer allowed to do surprise raids. They have to give 24 to 48 hours notice. They can't do raids without also... Afghanis, Afghani civilians being present. They can't shoot first unless they're being shooted at. You know, it, we could go on and on. Obama made the American military fight under the rules of Islamic law. He made the rule overall that Afghan lives would be saved and American lives would be increased. American soldiers were all writing to their parents and to their families saying that these rules of engagement are going to get us killed. It's not the Taliban or Al-Qaeda. And that's where the roots of it started. And uh, so the border in Afghanistan, just giving examples here of these seeds that Obama planted. The transformation, I mean, this is one way the transformation happened. You open the borders, you flood it with people who don't have, many of them, I should say, don't have the attitude you had mm. when you came to this mm. country. I mean, you, you find uh, in, 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 in the American past, no one had greater love for this country than many recent immigrants. They, they prized uh, America for all the right reasons. Now, when o o Obama opens it up, brings in people who don't have that attitude, that's part of the transformation. Now, let me jump ahead. Was President Trump successful at all in reversing this policy? Well, absolutely. On a few theaters, he did a lot of things to try to you know, overturn everything that Obama was doing. We know that he started to build a wall there's some regulations that were overturned. He was trying to make things stricter. Uh, he overturned and blocked some of the awful rules of engagement. Look, let's even look at ISIS for a minute. Mark, I think this is the best example. Robert Spencer writes a brilliant yeah. essay in our book about how Obama enabled Islamic terrorism, including ISIS. Let's just look at this for a minute. Think about it. Obama is just very cavalierly joking around. Oh, these are just people on their Humvees and vans. <laughs> when you think about that, how evil do you have to be to make snide jokes about ISIS 
while they have little 13, 14, maybe even younger Yazidi girls in sexual slavery and raping them. And you're joking? Now, another thing, all those Humvees that you're joking about, why are they driving up and down through hills and highways right out in the open and nothing is being done about it? Trump comes in, decimates ISIS within, what, a year, couple months? And it just shows how successful Trump was. It shows how much Trump loved America. You know, Jamie, you're right. We stopped talking Mm. about ISIS. ISIS kind of disappeared there. And the mainstream media, though, didn't talk very much about that, about that successful project there. But you're right. I mean, this is just it just reminds me of the Obama years. We mm-hmm. heard about ISIS all the time, and then then we yeah. just then we just in the didn't. blink of an eye, Trump uh, took all their territory away, and that could have been done under Obama, but it wasn't done, and it wasn't done for a reason. What would Trump have done with Afghanistan? Afghanistan in his well, second that time? is yeah. Do, do you do you mm. want to speculate? You know, speculation is always difficult, but let's just put it this way: Afghanistan did not fall under Trump. And there is absolutely no way that Trump would have left all that military hardware there and would have done it in that particular order. Even a five-year-old knows you take your money and equipment and belongings out first, and then you evacuate the people. Biden evacuates the people and leaves everything there. And of course, with full calculation, Trump would never have done that. And uh, he would have been much more clever. And of course, this is all speculation. I'm not even sure that Afghanistan would have fallen with uh, Trump still in power. And Putin would not have invaded Ukraine with Trump still in power. Uh, We just got this senile imbecile who uh, is clearly uh, engaged in treason. And Peter Peter Schweitzer has done an excellent job on showing how much Chinese influence uh, there is over this particular individual. As, as we speak uh, here here today in, in mid-July, uh, Jamie, did you see the tape of him walking <laughs> up to uh, King Charles and walking up? I mean, it was, it was, it was a, it was a decrepit ginger, uh, old old man afraid he's going to fall at any moment. I can only think that our rivals, if not our enemies, are, are looking at this and they are licking their chops. I apologize a little bit, Mark, if it's unpopular to bring up Jesus Christ and the spiritual battle, but I just want to say that The devil, when he is at work, it's not just this horrifying figure with an axe standing over you in terror. A lot of times also, it's just completely chaotic, sick perversion. And when we're watching Biden, it's there's some kind of perverse theater going on. It's a sadistic torment of Americans. It's not just that we have this fool there, coincidentally. There are higher forces on many levels, this has many dimensions. Yes, there are people manipulating him and pulling the strings, and this is Obama's third term. We got all that. But there, there is some kind of very sadistic, 
psyop and mind game going on against people that really love this country. Because, Mark, when you watch that and when you watch Biden stumbling around at a time when America is sinking and it breaks my heart so much because as a Russian immigrant, I love this country so much. And it's just uh, it's not just depressing. It's surreal at how absurd it is. It's some kind of a dark comedy. Uh, it's very hard to describe what we're witnessing, you know? Yeah. It it demoralizes mm. one. And demoralization is one yes. of the tactics of of the the Alinsky outlook. You demoralize the 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 other side. That's one of the many one of the many weapons. I mean the the, the psyops and and the false flags and the doing things like uh changing the meaning of words. Uh, bringing up ma- making pronouns an issue, it just it just gets exhausting, right? And you become you become demoralized to the point where you just want to walk away, and that ends up letting them wreak their havoc. Uh, and and we we need that's why we need leaders who are going to say we can mm, be and this, Mark, right? Absolutely, you're speaking very profound words, and you know I I often think about the fall of civilizations and how when the barbarians were at the gates, it didn't matter anymore because the civilization had decayed from within already. And when we think about the threats that we face in terms of just all of our enemies and just, just go and watch a video of Kamala Harris speaking to the kids about space and uh, it just, you don't know whether to laugh or cry. I just want to add to that, that um, absolutely there's a psyop going on, but just in terms of the American military, they got the shots into them, they injected them with these potions, and then they're teaching them CRT. Just think about what's going on here. We've got American military who are supposed to be defending the United States of America, but they're being taught that your country sucks, it's imperialist, it's racist, it's awful. It needs to be destroyed. It has no right to be defended. Here's your American uniform. Go defend a country that shouldn't be defended. Um, the Marxists are very clever. And, and then yeah. they wonder, and then they wonder why recruitment mm. is down. What is it down? 25% this year? Why would you want to sacrifice for a country Absolutely. that isn't worth it? Absolutely. And so I gathered 11 experts to write 18 essays in this book, Barack Obama's True Legacy, because you can't touch him. He's untouchable in the media, in academia. And these 11 experts showed how he enabled the persecution of Christians, how he betrayed Israel, how he poured the fuel on the fire of race relations. So many chapters by these brilliant writers. And uh, I really hope people get the book so they can understand what's going on today. On race relations, Jamie, Dan Greenfield speaks of President Obama actually fomenting racial strife, uh, the prime example being his reaction to the Ferguson, Missouri uh, uh, affair and the ensuing riots uh, across America. Again, how was it that the election of a black president should make racial tensions worse, not better? Absolutely. And Dan, uh, Schumann fellow Daniel Greenfield documents all that, and he shows that the Obama administration knew the truth about the details of all of that. 
about Michael Brown and everything that happened there, and they hid it and they tried to hide a, the evidence of actually what really happened. So it just shows that in the, their main interest was to intensify uh, bad uh, racial tensions and to pour the fuel on the fire of them. You know, and connected to that, uh, Mark, I just want to throw this in here because I, when you talk about the transformation issue, I also often think about, I think about a lot of things. I think about 2008 with him walking off the plane. He's got his finger in the middle of Fareed Zakaria's book, The Post-American World. Oh, they calculate everything. And that was a sign, that was a signal that he's going to do his best to make sure that that gets fulfilled. But when he was asked early in his administration about American exceptionalism, those of us who love America and understand its exceptionalism on a million levels of the freedom that it gives, what the American Constitution is about, what the American Declaration of Independence is about, about individualism, how every individualism has God-given rights, the right to be happy, etc., etc., etc. Obama only became president because of American exceptionalism. He couldn't have become president in the certain circumstances in any other country. And yet his comment, oh, well, America's exceptional, just the way that, you know, British people might think or Greek people might think their country's exceptional. That disdain and that lie and that libel and that slander against the American flag and the American constitution, everything that America is, that was a sign as well. But it's very interesting that he came to power because of an exceptionalism that he dismissed and made fun of. I remember that remark, and it was just pure Obama condescension, right? It was, it was a put-down. It was a put down of anyone who yes. believes, who really does believe, that this America is a city on a hill and that it's changed world history forever. And it is the beacon. Uh, but, you know, it was that that Obama kind of smug, you know, sophisticated. Yeah, I know. You know, they feel exceptional, just like they, it just it was, it was the same attitude as the God's guns clinging uh, remark that he made. Uh, and you you just wanted to say how I mean I mean this really speaks to the condition of the the country, Jamie. That you know sometimes you say a country deserve uh, gets the leaders that it deserves, and sometimes you just you just want to say you know uh, this isn't an Obama problem. This is bigger uh, that we end up with leaders who don't even seem to like the country that they lead. Joe Biden has spent time trashing half of the American population while, while in, in office. This is something that we did not see politicians before, before Obama do. George W. Bush never, never trashed Democrat voters, if I remember. Uh, Bill Clinton, he... He didn't even go there. He, he, he might have insinuated things, but he was never explicit about, about trashing people who might vote for Bob Dole. Hillary would, of course. We know that. But that was, that was, a, different, that was a different Democrat party. Uh, Jamie, does this work? Is this a workable, civic 
Can, can this go I on? I want to throw in there just for a second because what you're saying is so important. And the way that the left works, you see, it gets the leaders ready, but it gets the audience ready. There, there's, there's puppet masters. And when Antonio Gramsci taught, don't worry about politics. You grab the culture first. See, Gramsci was brilliant. Grab the culture. Grab the culture. Then you get the power, right? So what happened was, see, where David Horowitz is so brilliant and in his work, The Art of Political War, and he shows the problem that conservatives do not know how to fight political war and he's trying to show them and teach them of how take no prisoners you've got to fight because the left is fighting 24 7 so what happened in all those decades is the left grabbed the culture they grabbed academia they grabbed hollywood they grabbed the media they grabbed so many of our social institutions and they were brainwashing 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 and then obama gets on stage and starts going it doesn't matter who you love it doesn't matter who you are come on and he starts giving these very hypnotic utopian speeches and if you're not a courageous wise person that's not afraid to walk alone you're going to get hypnotized by that so it was a combination of the left getting the audience ready and then putting Obama on the stage. And uh, a lot of people have emotional incapacity. They don't want to hear bad news. Uh, so when you ask me that, I'm one of the people that a lot of conservatives want to shut up. Quiet, Jamie. Have faith. Everything will be okay. My answer is, sorry, I do have faith. I'm a Christian. I know that there is redemption and, and that Jesus comes at the end and, and we win through Jesus Christ. But there will be a bad time. Will it be next? M might we still get a reprieve? All miracles are possible. However, so much damage is being done that I'm afraid a lot of stuff at the moment is irreversible just in terms of all the damage that Biden has done. One of the things that confounds me, Jamie, is the way in which liberals that I, I some of whom I know, many of them are, are professionals, they're intelligent liberals, and central to liberalism was always, you know, the minority viewpoint. You let the dissenter have his uh, free speech. And you suspect government power. You always watch out for whenever government abuse might happen that would threaten individual rights. That was the liberal outlook. Well, in, in, in one contribution by Joseph Klein, he talks about Obama and his executive orders. Why weren't liberals upset more by the president just, you know, acting like king? Uh, why weren't they upset by the politicization of the IRS with Lois Lerner or or his high-handed uh, justice uh, department uh, uh, under under his attorney general? Why 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 did liberals just shrug <laughs> at this? Were they fakes all along? You're hitting bingo, Mark, and of course what you're asking unveils the real face of the left. And uh, you could ask the, you know, and, and thank you for bringing up Joseph Klein's essay because he shows Obama's complete contempt for the three branches of government and how things are set up and how much disdain he has for the other branches of government. And, you know, leftists wear a mask. They pretend that, you know, that they care about all these things. But as you're showing, there, there, was, there were no words spoken. You know, and I've written a, a book, United in Hate, 
uh, where I showed the left's romance with the greatest tyrannies in the world. Because I was always wondering, you know, leftists care so much about gay rights. But for some reason, when the Taliban and ISIS throws homosexuals off buildings, there's not a word. And there's so much for women's rights. But when there's female, female yeah. genital mutilation in Islamic countries, they don't say a word. When there's honor killings under Islamic apartheid, they don't say a word. And all the gender apartheid that goes on, they don't say a word. And today, you know, how much they're upset with Trump about this and that, and yet Hunter Biden's laptop, and we could just go on and on and on. The left doesn't care about any of the human humanitarian things that it talks about. Everything is a weapon to be used as a war against its host democratic society. The left wants to destroy the institutions of the United States, and it very cynically and maliciously exploits all of these issues. They care about all these things when it serves their ends, but they don't care at all when it doesn't serve their ends. And it's become very clear as you show and, and say. Yeah. But last issue, uh, Jamie, you, you talked in the beginning about Obama being untouchable. The media raised him into the status of a saint. You know, I, I, I saw this coffee table book by, by Peter Baker of the Times, maybe another, another writer about Obama. And, and it really was, he, he's, he's a demigod. They, they, they raised him up into this sacred status. Now, here, here's the question. A book like yours, what it, what it lays out, is going against, again, the, the avalanche of hagiography by liberal journalists. What do you think will be the, the status of Obama 50 years from now? Will, will, will your understanding be able to puncture, do you think? With, with time, will the halo go away? Well, his, uh, the statement has been made in terms of history. It depends on who writes it. And, uh, you know, when I studied history, it was very interesting because a certain era will be judged by the values of the historians of the area in which they're writing. If the left continues to dominate discourse and continues to destroy this country, the halo will stay on. But we know that there was a 20th Party Congress in the Soviet Union with Nikita Khrushchev. Miracles happen. You couldn't say a word about Stalin. All of a sudden, Khrushchev comes in and makes that speech. And he was an SOB himself, but that's another matter. But so miracles are possible. And right now we're marginalized. Believe me, I'm not getting any reviews from the New York Times. I'm not going to be invited on The View or an MSNBC. Anderson Cooper was very concerned whether Stormy Daniels and Trump used a condom. You know, he spent a whole hour on that. But he's not too interested in the essays on Obama in our book. Um, so right now there's a marginalization of people like me and what the brilliant authors in my book are writing. I don't expect the halo to come off for a while, but miracles are possible, and 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 truth surfaces, and uh, we know that many things are now being, you know, revealed about the Caton Forest massacre, you know, during the Second World War, etc. So we just pray 
and we pray for justice and we pray for truth and truth truth, yeah, will, and out. truth will out but but it's very difficult mark i'm not holding my breath maybe in a few generations but the left is a very powerful force and it suffocates the truth but i am happy when just somebody like you invites me and when first things maybe covers this and maybe we can whisper it or say it to a friend i mean i'm not going to whisper but I, i'm you, i'm just saying we're in such a totalitarian society now where a lot of people are whispering but sometimes even whispers mean a lot because even if five or yeah. 10 people know the truth you know then that's what matters the book is Barack Obama's True Legacy, How He Transformed America. Jamie Glazov, thank what you. What an honor us. to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me, Mark, and keep up the great work. 